Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. This coming Sunday is Mother's Day, so I invited an amazing mommy to talk about parenting as an immigrant and everything else. But before we talk about the episode, as always, I'd like to thank you, Immigrant Nation, for joining us every week. Thank you for your unending support. For the ones who listen through Spotify, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving AIL a five-star rating. For the ones who listen through Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor. If you could give us a five-star rating and a short and sweet review, I'd much appreciate it. That also goes to the Spotify listeners that haven't given the podcast a five-star rating. I ask this kindly as this is the best way to help the podcast effectively and for free. Again, I appreciate you and I love you. Of course, you can follow us and or contact us on our social media at animigantslife or email us at animigantslife at yahoo.com. House cleaning is done. Now, let's talk about the episode. As I mentioned at the top, this week's episode is a heartful and emotional conversation with an incredible mom that is like any loving mommies in the world, is doing her best to give her kids the most love and care she could give. Lastly, I also want to dedicate this episode to all the mothers in the world. May you be biological, adopted, step, or what have you. I want to say Happy Mother's Day and thank you for all the love and sacrifices that you do. And with that, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a mother first and a blogger second. She's finding light between life chapters and countries, but really, her smile and personality are the light we all need. Everyone, please welcome Momo. Hi. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. Actually, konnichiwa, Momo. Oh, konnichiwa. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah. I like that when people use, you know, konnichiwa and say hi, you know, even in public. I think it's sweet. (laughs) First of all, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Not a problem. It took us a while, but here we are. We did it. Yes, here we are. (laughs) right <laughs> so before we move on if you want to promote anything mo go ahead uh well i'm mainly on instagram and i just published my own website they're both called light between the lines and mm-hmm. i just share my life as a mom and an immigrant mom here in the states and what i use what i do and how I do it to share my culture with my children because we don't get to go to Japan and see, you know, my side of the family very often. So mm-hmm. I've been working on that here and I just started to share that so that, you know, hopefully other moms like Japanese American moms or other parents, I guess, in general, um, maybe they can do the same to share the culture or, you know, language with their family as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's. You can find that's where you can find me. <laughs> yeah, it's a great site, a great page for moms and even dads or just people yes. that wants to learn things, especially Japanese culture. 
I love your website. It's like Oh, thank you so much. It's beautiful. It's well designed. It's so easy to look at. Everything oh, is beautiful. The picture is beautiful. The design is beautiful. Oh. <laughs> you are so kind. You're too sweet. Thank no, you. No, it's true. It's just like it's clean, you know, because sometimes I go to yes. some people's website and like, what is this garbage? Like, yeah. I don't know where to go. Sometimes it's just a lot and can be overwhelming. You know, I wanted to make sure that anyone can come to, you know, my website and find whatever they're looking for. I, I, it was important to me when I was creating my website that it was very clean and simple to look at. So <laughs> Japanese. I can feel overwhelmed. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll talk more about Light Between the Lines later. But before, let's start by finding out where did Momo's light first lit up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, um, I think it really started, you know, like when I had my first child. Hmm. And it was uh, at the beginning, it didn't come. I don't know if I should say it didn't come natural to me or I it wasn't my priority. I feel like back in back when I had my first child, I was just trying to survive as a first time mom and mm. I didn't have family members around. So really I was just trying to just get through the day and trying to keep my baby alive and trying to, you know, <laughs> take it one day at a time. But mm. then I started um, celebrating little holidays here and there, Japanese holidays here and there with my child because that's how I grew up and mm. that part came natural to me. So I think the very first holiday I celebrated with my oldest child was probably the Japanese girls day mm. to celebrate their health and wellness in the future and their lifelong happiness um, because I grew up with two sisters. So mm. my family was just, you know, girl family. And no my boys? mom, no boys at oh, all. Poor dad. <laughs> I know. My dad actually, when I was um, in high school, he got a boy dog because he was like, we need a boy in our family. <laughs> I know, poor dad. But I mean, the dog joined the family. So. That's funny. Uh, you yeah. mentioned Japan. Did you grow up in Japan? Yes, yes. So I was born and raised in Japan, mm. and I left Japan when I was um, 21, I think, and it's been about 11 years since I moved to the mm. States from Japan. Did you live in a rural area or in the city? Uh, I would say rural area. I'm from South, so okay. I've actually never been to Tokyo outside of the airport. <laughs> I know. Wow. Isn't that I crazy know. that we live in a country... And yes. we've never been to like places there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally skipped that part. <laughs> well, may I hope someday you'll come back and visit it. Yes, someday. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the kids, you know? Yes. How was your childhood like in a small town Japan? Um, it was great. It was um not too busy, but if you you know, hop on a train or get on a bus for like 20 minutes and you, I had access to a bigger city. So mm. I was able to go shopping or, you know, uh, go to school in more city side, I guess. Mm. Um, but growing up in a little bit more rural area, I loved just going to park with my friends, you know, growing up after school. And back in the day, I mean, kids didn't have a cell phone or anything. And then my parents <laughs> had, you know, <laughs> My parents didn't have to know everything, so we would just leave school and walk home. And on the way home, 
just you know stop by the park and spend an hour there and <laughs> and just go home for dinner i guess did you get a lot in trouble no no i didn't no <laughs> I you're <mean>. sneaky <laughs> I mean, it was just a park, but um, at the same time, I'm um, as the youngest in the family, so you know, kind of like, eh, she come home whenever she comes home, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not so much, you know. Yeah. What's the name? Because mom and dad are so tired of telling the other kids like what to do, and like this yeah. one, what she wants to play with the knife, go play with the knife, yeah. but you gotta be outside. <laughs> Uh, and I kind of understand that now, now that I have, you know, more than one kid. Isn't I'm like, it? oh, okay. <laughs> I kind of get it now. <laughs> Remember when our parents were like, hey, you know, someday you're going to have a kid. This is what's going to happen. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, mom and dad. Yeah, sure. You are old. No one cares about you. <laughs> and then now we're parents and we're like, those bastards knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. It's funny. It's so funny. So you decided to move to America. For what reason? Uh, originally, I came here with a student visa. So I really wanted to um, go to college here. So that was the main reason why mm-hmm. I originally came here. Why America? You know what? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a very good question. I did have friends um, who came here and mm-hmm. went to college Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think um, they were maybe a year or two older than me and we went to the same college. And so I had that example. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Like I didn't really look to go to another country. It was like, oh, well, they went to America. Oh, I guess that's an option. I guess I could try. <laughs> it's always like that, you know, yeah. it's like, well, they went and they're not dead. So most likely I'm going to go there. Yeah, most likely. I'll probably survive. But you know what's the best is, you know that, of course, you followed your friends, right? But mm-hmm. there's someone in your friend group that went first. That's the mm-hmm. guy or that's the woman that like, yeah. as they say, got the balls mm-hmm. to go yeah yeah but me i'm just like you know you just follow yeah it was it was a very big inspiration was it hard for you to move to america was it hard yeah um in the sense of like document wise oh i i don't think so i don't remember having a huge trouble getting a student visa i mean it took a little while um but nothing too crazy Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the paperwork that are required and, you know, some fees and all that. Yeah. Everybody loves Japanese, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was blessed, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> so which part of America did you decide to go or, or you just want to follow your friends? Uh, well, take a little bit of both, I guess. I followed my friend, but I also knew some people here in the um instead of Utah mm. already. So th- this is where I came originally. And I went to English school and I learned how to speak English because back then I couldn't speak English at all. <laughs> that, yeah, you know, what's funny. It's because, you know, I'm from the Philippines and mm-hmm. English is like the second language, right? Oh. So we don't have to really learn English. We kind of have it already. And you, how was your English then from zero to <laughs> 10? It was, 
it was so hard. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, people don't believe me now if I say like, oh, I couldn't speak English when I moved here. And they're like, oh, sure, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're just being humble. And I'm not joking when I say I couldn't speak English. Like I was、hmm. able to read and write. Okay.、Um, because okay. that's what I learned. So I had those like you know basic knowledge, I guess, when it comes to English.、Hmm. But speaking and yeah, understanding yeah, yeah. what yeah. other people are actually saying in a conversation, that was totally different than just reading my textbook.、Mm. You know. So it was really, really hard at the beginning. I had a really hard time. I, I can imagine <laughs> they should have that. Like you know, when you go to an English、yeah. school, they'll teach you like proper text English. They should have、yeah. like on the side, like someone like me that comes in, like talks like me. You know, like hey guy, what's up? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you moved to Utah. First, you were learning English. How long did it take you、mm-hmm. to learn English? Well, how long? I mean, I can't remember when I actually felt comfortable talking. I I I was the probably the past couple of years probably, but、um, <laughs> when I actually was you know able to speak and have a conversation with native people probably、um, a year after I moved. I That's、think. not bad. From zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, zero speaking skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad for a year, and you become comfortable. Yeah. Did you study in Utah?、Uh, I went to college outside of Utah, so、okay. I moved. Yeah, I went to English school here, and then I moved and went to college somewhere else. I know you went to Iowa. Iowa? No. Yeah. No, Idaho. Sorry. Yeah, Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I mix them up. <laughs> That's I'm, okay. I'm not from the state, so for me, they're all <laughs> the same. That's okay. I know. <laughs> And you started nursing there. Yes, nursing, and yeah, that that was actually something I learned、um, in Japan as well. So I was going to nursing school in Japan because、mm. becoming a nurse was my big dream, I guess. <laughs> so、uh, that's what I did in Japan, and I moved here, and I got into school and、mm. took all the you know prerequisite and some basic. What is it like? Something something one on one. Those classes, and then yeah. Were you practicing nursing, or were you just going to school in nursing in Japan?、Uh, I I was a student, still a student. Okay,、yeah. and then、mm-hmm. suddenly I'm like, you know, I'm moving to the states. <laughs> there, there are a lot <laughs> happened, but yeah. How do you find life in America then, without the proper way of speaking and the way of、mm-hmm. communicating? That must be.、Yeah. Extremely hard. It, it was, yeah. So I felt like I had to just learn to adjust to the culture、mm. and learn the culture while still learning how to speak and communicate and convey my thoughts and you know tell the other people what I'm thinking. So it was, it was definitely a lot at the beginning, and I don't know how I survived. To be honest, I was just trying my best every day. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Absolutely. Was there a person that was most helpful to you when you were getting settled? Um, you know, like、uh, friends I had at the English school. Um, I feel like we were able to bond over some challenges we were going through. You know, we were there in the states for the first time and、mm. learning how to speak and communicate、mm. and um. And when I went to college, my roommates were、um, big 
good, great influence, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they helped me, you know, learn English, but also the culture and yeah, other things. Were they well. Americans? Your friends there? Uh, mostly, yeah. Mm, that really helps. It did, yeah. I read that you, when you moved to America, you were just learning English and you were supporting yourself financially while trying mm-hmm. to go through university to be a nurse. That must have yeah. been very difficult. What possessed you to do this thing? <laughs> well, I was very stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Once I decided to do something, it's just I can't, you know, give up until you finish it. And um, that that's how I was <laughs> back then. And I and I was trying to, you know, I was trying to prove my parents that I wasn't here to party and you know do crazy things like my parents thought that I would be doing. You know, I wanted to let them know, hey, I didn't come here just to throw my life away. And I, I came here for a purpose. I came here hmm. to go through college and learn and build my life here. So I think that was another motivation. Like I wanted to make sure that my parents know that I'm working hard here. Hmm. And I think my parents, uh, um, the way they saw me changed after I got into nursing school and hmm. they were like, oh, okay. I mean, it, <laughs> I don't know if it's, Asian parenting but you know they they're like oh okay well you are doing what you said that you're gonna do so okay <laughs> I mean you're not a doctor but you're getting right. there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that oh my god that's but, funny yeah so when you were going through university mm-hmm. that must be like super stressful because you don't speak proper yeah. English and of course the school is so different the way they learn Mm-hmm. What kept you going? <laughs> Other than your stubbornness. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> Other than my stubbornness. Um, I know. Uh, very strong determination to accomplish what I already mm. um, wanted to and came here for, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very goal-oriented and I, you know, write things down and... Mm back then just finishing the school and learning what I wanted to learn was very, very important to me. I mean, I didn't have a plan to get married or become a mom or anything like that back then. I really wanted to just accomplish my goal Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be out there and do what I love to do. So, yeah, but it was, it was hard. I I remember just trying to survive (laughs) college time, you know, it was a little bit learning and I had to support myself financially too. So I, Oh, you were working too? Yeah, <laughs> but when you are here with a student visa, you're not allowed to work outside of campus. So you mm. you have to get a job on campus, which is a lot of time, you know, um, custodial job or some not a lot of times like the very first job, like easy to get one was, you know, cleaning yeah. custodial job and then maybe move on to some like office job or something. What kind of job did you get? The first time was custodial job, so I will be just cleaning from four in the morning to seven, and then go straight to my first class in the morning. Yeah, my my roommate thought I was crazy, <laughs> but I just had to do what I had to do to survive. Mom you know? and dad wasn't sending you money. Uh, not enough that I was able to survive. I guess I can't remember exactly when they offered the help. I think it was after I got into nursing school again. But um, yeah, I, I remember I just had you know I had to pay for my tuition and I my living expenses and 
In Japan, because you know the culture here in North America, the mm-hmm. parents will save money and then pay for the college for the kids. Is that mm. the same case in Japan, or is just like do whatever you need to do? I, you know what, I, I don't know about everyone or general. Mm. Um, so I can't say I think this is the most common way, but I do know that when I was going to college in Japan, I got uh, I got a scholarship, um, but it wasn't based on like um, like uh, it wasn't an academic scholarship or based on your know, grades or anything like that. It was mm. something I applied before I graduated from high school. So mm. I'm guessing it was from either the country or the um, you know where I was from mm-hmm. or something I'm not quite sure but um, so I did get a scholarship and that will cover um, tuition and monthly expenses but then after you graduate you have to start so like a student loan I guess okay. um, that we get here too yeah I think that's very common but with your friends and people that you know were they being supported by their parents or um I guess I, I think I think a lot of the time parents do support, um, okay. you know, children go through college. Yeah. And a student loan is big. Sorry for swiveling back and forth, but that's okay. I want to know, how did you break it with your parents saying, yo, I'm moving to the States? And how did they take it? <laughs> well, they didn't take it very well, that's for sure. <laughs> but it was also a big news, you know, I mean, I don't think they expected me to say, hey, yo, I'm leaving, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it, it it wasn't easy for them at the beginning. They didn't quite understand why I couldn't wait till I would graduate from the college I was going to first mm-hmm. in Japan. And, you know, um, so I tried my best to talk to them about my plan and again, you know, I'm not trying to just leave everything behind and just go party in a different country or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do have a plan. Here is what I'm trying to do. And um, yeah, it, it took them a while, a while to come around. Mm-hmm. And you had two siblings, you said. Did they stay in yes. Japan too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. they're the favorites? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They might be. <laughs> You're the black sheep. Yeah. <laughs> True. Did you finish nursing? Uh, yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. But then you mentioned that you got married during college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was interesting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did um, finish the schooling after um, I had my second child. So I got my bachelor's degree um, while raising the first two. Whoa. <laughs> so I remember that. I know. I, I tend to just add a lot of things on my plate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you're a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> when you had your kid, how did you tell your parents? Oh, I mean, I I did tell them, you know, after I got married. I mean... When I got married, I when I got engaged, I told my parents, and mm. I mean, my, I told my mom first because you know that was a little bit <laughs> more difficult to approach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Mm. Um, 
so I told my mom first, and then you know, mother is always a mother. They mm-hmm. they are just so support, I guess, um, supportive and kind of. At least my mom was that way, even though she wasn't happy with some of my life choices up mm-hmm. to that point. Um, yeah, she did come to the states, and we were able to celebrate and have a wedding, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I got pregnant, I did tell my mom first again. <laughs> and um, I think when, by that time, I did have a communication with my parents. I was able to talk to them mm-hmm. um, again. So I broke the news and um, my oldest uh, was their first grandchild. Mm. So I think, I hope they were happy. <laughs> when I broke the news but at the same time again you know I was still a student and had a lot going on so I know I guess I like to keep them on toes <laughs> exactly well you're the youngest that's what we do <laughs> I am the youngest too <laughs> yeah so you guys stayed in Idaho when did you guys move to Utah uh, when I when my husband got a uh, first job out of college okay yeah interesting because we it wasn't our plan to move to Utah, but yeah, I think that's when the um, a lot of IT businesses were starting to, you know, get big here, mm-hmm. and he was able to find a job. So. Mm. Your husband, he's a white dude, no? Yeah. <laughs> yes. How did your parents take that? Was that, you know, Asian uh, people? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was I was nervous, but. I mean, my mom did, you know, meet my husband when we got married, but my dad didn't meet him until we went back to the family with our kids. Oh, he didn't come to the wedding? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so when my husband said, nice to meet you to my mom, uh, my dad hmm. in person for the first time, it was, you know, already us and two kids. So Yeah, he kind of <laughs> had no like, choice. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did they get along, your dad and your uh, husband? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Most, most of the time. Most of the time. I mean, my dad wasn't upset or anything. He was, you know, just happy to have us there, and he was really. I think he was really happy to meet the grandchild grandchildren. So, mm. yeah. I mean, who can be mad at littles, right? <laughs> oh no, that's that, that's the key. I always tell yeah. people that, like, right now they hate you. But produce something, and that's gonna be okay. It's <laughs> gonna be okay. <laughs> we see that they see that cutie thing, and that's it. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you find it struggle to be married with a person that is not ethnically same as you? I mean, there are you know some things that um, that we need to discuss and make sure we're on the same page, but. Um, I think, you know, and this applies for any marriage, I think, or partnerships, relationships. But when both parties have, you know, respects for each other and each other's cultures, I think I think that's important, you know, to try and have us on the same page. But we have gone through some challenges, some culture differences and, yeah. And you consolidate those differences by communicating? Yes, yes. By talking about it, trying to, you know, explain my side of the story and 
uh, and he needs to have a you know he needs to be open-minded as well to mm-hmm. try and understand yeah. yeah for sure i'm in a mixed relationship though my wife is irish sicilian so you know yes we get along so well we communicate but there's always going to be that mm-hmm. you know that culture difference you know what i yeah. mean like yeah. it's depend like you if you speak to a japanese person it's just like smooth you know what i mean you have yeah. references you have <laughs> jokes and they'll just get it right mm-hmm. but if you have this you have to communicate it with your partner and they'll be like well, that doesn't even make sense or it's not even funny yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I'm with my family and sometimes my family makes a joke mm. and I have to translate it and I know mm-hmm. I won't be able to translate it not because I'm not capable of it just like it wouldn't make sense I'll just say Oh, I understand. Yeah. I'll just like it's a Filipino joke. Yeah. <laughs> I I get it. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Having said that, do you feel that your partner wouldn't be able to know you 100% because of that? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I would say that he wouldn't know me 100% because I feel like, you know, who I was when I was in Japan and who I be- have become here in the States um, it's just a mixture of everything, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning about, about myself and I'm still learning about uh, the person I would like to become after learning about, you know, different cultures and um, even comparing to myself a couple of years ago, I feel like I'm just a completely different person. So I mm. guess it's just always a learning, um, yeah, just learning about each other. So mm. definitely, yeah. definitely, I love that. Okay, we, <laughs> we changes because I know there's yeah. a, I don't know if it's a Japanese saying, but I know it's from Japan that they say that humans or people have wears three masks. One is for the one that you put the mask that you wear when you go outside socially. One is for your loved ones, and one is for you. Mm, interesting. Have you heard of that? No, no. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's a Japanese uh, okay. philosophy. Yeah, that mm. uh, which is, to be honest, it makes sense. You know, there's some things that you don't really tell to no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're always you're always just evolving, I guess, and <laughs> changing into just um, different person. I mean, it may not be like you're changing a different person, but you're constantly learning about something new, even about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a fun part of your life. You are always constantly, um, and you get to be somebody you would like, maybe even in the future, by mm-hmm. learning new things and learning about yourself. Okay, like what are the values some, uh, that you know I want to maintain in my life? And you know, what what are some things that I would like to change in my life? What are something that I would like to accomplish in? in three years from now mm. and you just get to be you know continuously get to be somebody that um you just strive to be yeah learning and evolving that's beautiful yeah when you went to the states mm-hmm. you're japanese obviously but mm-hmm. then now you're trying to learn becoming an american girl did it create <laughs> 
confusion? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely did, for sure. Um, you know, last year on the social media, uh, May is Asian American Pacific Islander um, API Heritage Month. Mm. So I shared a little bit of a story about how I struggled to you know, navigating my life here in the States, trying to adjust to the culture and almost losing a part of myself because I was trying so hard to just, um, I, I was trying to be somebody that other people or people here in the States would take me, take seriously, I guess, because it's hard to, you know, feel like you can't even communicate. Uh, your thoughts and share a part of yourself with other people when you are having a hard time even speaking your, your mind in the language that you're learning. Hmm. So um, learning the language and also adjusting to the culture that was completely different from what I grew up with and um, just trying to be somebody who can fit in, I guess, in the mode um, in the process of that, I definitely lost a part of myself. And, and then I realized, wait, I am completely different from who I thought I was a couple mm-hmm. of years ago or even in Japan. Okay, like, then like, who, who am I? You know, <laughs> I definitely had that time. I, I thought, oh, wait, like, I don't feel like I'm Japanese enough, but I will never be American enough. And I had to definitely find my um, identity and losing a part of myself or at least feeling that way was very difficult for me Um, but after I remember after having my kids and slowly you know starting to share the culture with them some celebration with them um, I started to find that part of me that I felt like I lost years ago Um, felt like through motherhood, I was able to find that part again. And then I started to kind of solidify what I believed who I was and then become who I always wanted to be. So I'm already, you know, obviously still work in progress, but I I feel like motherhood was really important for me to have to just um, get what I lost but also create what I wanted to have in my life. That's beautiful. Yeah, I cl- I clearly understand it too. Like, same as me, when I was younger, I was like, I didn't know what I was want to be. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't know what I want to do. I want to do everything at once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then when I had my first kid, it kind of like kicked in something inside me and gave me that goal that yo. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Whatever else doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why you started Light Between the Lines? Yes. Yes. Um, before that, before I became a mom, um, because I had a hard time, you know, adjusting to the culture, trying to figure it out who I was, I guess, in this new environment and mm. felt like I lost a little part of myself and feeling lost in between who I was and who I felt like I needed to be to survive in the environment. Mm. Um, 
I feel like there was a time that I almost felt ashamed um, for what I knew who I was or what I who I thought I was or the culture I grew up in because things were just completely different. For example, um, you know, when growing up in Japanese culture, um, I was always taught to not speak up when there's something happening in your community or your, you know, friends group. And it was, it was a common sense in the culture to mm. me at least or where I grew up or how I was raised. Um, you know, you don't cause a scene. You don't, you know, confront somebody. You just move on and you, like I was told to just, you know, <laughs> throw that under the rug and just move on and go with mm. your life. But in the States, people are different. You know, we are expected to speak up our mind and express our feelings, express our um, opinions and that's very important it, it is an important skill you know to be able to convey your thoughts and mm -hmm. be able to communicate and just show where you stand and it is very important but I wasn't able to do that because of the culture I grew up with and what I was taught for a long time so that was one of the biggest struggles I had mm -hmm. and I almost felt like well what why why wasn't I taught that way <laughs> but <laughs> it was just a different culture you know mm -hmm. so there are times that felt like man like it would have been so much easier or um, different if i wasn't raised that way or um there were some times that i felt that way um but again i could become a mom it really taught me um taught me something that I really needed to learn for myself hmm. through the eyes of my children and, you know, made me realize who I really wanted to be for them, not hmm. just for myself and how to survive here, but the values that I want to teach my children that hmm. obviously came from the Japanese culture and it may not be the common or most popular thing mm -hmm. but still a beautiful thing to teach or at least you know let them know mm -hmm. um i never force anything on my children but it's to me i feel like it's important to at least have that um in our home environment and um, share the culture with them because my children do have, you know, big group of people and a family in Japan that love them so much. And mm -hmm. I want to make sure when we bring them to Japan and um, go there and just go to places and actually enjoy the culture there, I want my children to feel like they are part of the culture, you know, not like, oh, where am I? I have no idea where I am. So, yeah. Yeah, because they look like Japanese, but when they get there, they're not Japanese, really. They're Americans. Yeah. I like that. And I, I, I know that they're not going to, they may not feel like, oh, this is, you know, this is the part that I've been missing or, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I fit right in. It's probably not going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> they, they're not growing up there. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, I know that. And they might go through some challenges that I may uh, not have myself, but at least 
you know, bring having that piece of the culture or the love from the family uh, and having that inside of our home and just fully embracing our mixed cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope, you know, through my motherhood, I have learned a lot about myself and realized it really um, helped me realize who I really want to be mm-hmm. for myself and my family. But also I hope it's helping them feel like they are part of that culture as well. Mm-hmm. Did you always wanted to be a mom? No, <laughs> I never, I never thought that I would become a mom. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so life is, life is interesting. So when it happened, how did you approach it? How did you uh, take it? It was, it's been a journey. I, mm. I think, I mean, of course, you know, I had this undescribable love for my child when I had my oldest You know, I mean, I became a mom for the first time, but but also I was struggling to survive the first time mom environment and just the life, I guess, you know, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you are in, you are responsible for this human Mm -hmm. life and like you have to make sure they're surviving. (laughs) So we're going to make sure that everything is good and it's safe and Uh, I, I I experienced a lot of anxiety back then as well. Wow. It was just, I don't know, first time mom thing or not having a huge, you know, support system, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a struggle. And then on top of that, I never expected that I would be a mom someday. So like, it was just a lot of mixed emotions, anxiety and worries. And also this, the type of love I had never felt before mm-hmm. and the joy and the happiness, but at the same time, a little confusion and all that mm-hmm. in just one day. I feel like, and I, I, I feel like I needed to just navigate the craziness um, <laughs> day by day. Of course. I know you mentioned that you didn't really have a support, but I'm sure there's at least one person that kind of helped you and guide you to be, I don't know, a better mom, I guess. Yeah, um, I did have, you know, some friends. I mean, I was a very young girl mom, but I did have some friends who were already a mom. Mm. And it was incredible to have them experience their oh no have them share their experiences with me so that I just felt like I wasn't alone mm-hmm. and I really believe that got me, that something got me through the hard days mm-hmm. I would just talk to my friends and you know my kids haven't I don't know have, she's been constipated or she's been having this rash You're like mm-hmm. is it okay and of course there you know sometimes I had to call the nurse or <laughs> pediatrician and ask for advice but you know those um the mom thing the stories that we share and like oh yeah like our our kids had that when they were your kids age and it's gonna be okay they will you know use this cream that mm. will help for the diaper rash or stuff like that you know mm. and just hearing those uh, experiences and knowing oh okay this is normal or oh okay like I'm not completely completely alone in this journey that that was something that always helped me Uh, get through tough days. 
mm. as a mom. Is there anything you wish you understood about child rearing at the beginning? Um, that that it was it's always going to be just you learning by making mistakes or figuring things out as mm. you go because that was something that um was kind of new to me i guess i mean coming to the states and trying to navigate my life here i had to just make mistakes and learn and all that but mm. like becoming a mom and being responsible for this human being is <laughs> is another story mm-hmm. and I, I am a planner. I like to plan things. I like to do researches and <laughs> make sure that what I'm doing is backed up with some facts or whatever. <laughs> uh, so like being a mom and just, you know, facing this unknown head on was um, was something kind of new to me. And I wish I have known, hey, You will figure it out at the end, but the journey is just going to be a lot of ups and ups and downs and trying, like you will make mistakes, but it's going to be okay at the end. You know, you will learn and mm-hmm. then you will have a second child and you are like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I got this. Oh, I've done this once. I can do it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I, I felt the same thing, you know, like. Yeah. Sometimes they'll, I don't know, if they have a funny cough and you're like, my God, do I have to bring him to the hospital? And then you're like, no, no. The nurse will be like, no, no, you're, you're good. You'll be fine. Like, no, no, he sounds like he's going to die. <laughs> Yeah, just a little cough or a little fever, you know, but you never know when you're just going through it for the first time as a parent. And it's it can be really scary. For, mm-hmm. sure. for sure. What's the hardest thing about raising children? Oh, not knowing that, not knowing whether you're doing it enough or not. <laughs> <laughs> or you're doing Be- it right. <laughs> Right, doing it right or doing it enough or um, you know what what am i doing I guess. Mm-hmm. yeah i completely but, agree because you know sometimes like you said earlier that you don't really force anything to your children mm-hmm. and then you see other children uh people let's say successful people they'll say well if it, my dad didn't tell me about piano i would have never played piano i'm like yeah. <laughs> wait I, i'm not doing that what you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that's the yeah. most stressful thing for me. How about yeah. you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when I first had my first child, I didn't have a lot of Japanese mom friends or Japanese friends back then. Mm. And then after I had a second and third, that's when I really started meeting, you know, Japanese families here around in Utah and Um, became a part of the community and then I still remember the shock that I felt when I went to the first play date I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> with some Japanese moms or other families and so their kids just speaking Japanese perfectly and back then I was like I don't even speak Japanese to my kids. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, is this normal? Am I just completely failing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so sometimes just, you know, comparison can be um, our enemy. But 
at the same time, it's just you're doing your best, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you have your unique family, and um, I, I have, I've had to learn that it's okay to just have your own, you know, family stuff, and what you're doing is mm-hmm. enough. It's okay. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with the books of like, oh, at a certain, let's say. At nine months, they should be walking or whatever they're supposed to be doing. Right. I hated that. I hated that yeah. idea. Like, w- no, not everyone's the same, dude. I remember my uh, my eldest. He was going to daycare, and they were like, "Oh, we need to potty train him." I'm like, "Nope, nope, let him be. I'm paying <laughs> you to change the diaper. Change his diaper because he's not ready yet." And and you know, it was a struggle. And I remember. You know, it was my wife is like, oh, we should teach him now. We should teach him now. I'm like, yo, trust me, he's Mm -hmm. not ready. He's a boy. When he's ready, he'll just whip it out and he's ready. (laughs) He will go. You know what I mean? And I always remember I taught him a day, like one conversation I taught him. Mm -hmm. I sat him down and I said, yo, you're a big boy? Yes. Well, where does big boy go for when you go number one, number two Mm -hmm. in the washroom? Mm -hmm. Well, what's the problem here? And that day, he went. Wow, right? that's that so impressive. One day. Yeah. And the thing was, my wife, was uh, she was on a trip. Mm-hmm. And then she came oh. back. And then I said, yo, check this out. I'm like, what? Just wait. And then, like, it, like on a queue, like, in a few minutes, he went to the washroom, came wow. out. And my wife gave me the look. I'm like, yo, what's up? I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I knew yeah. he was ready. Mm-hmm. When, when they're ready, they're, they're ready. I don't, uh, yeah. however, oh, I only have boys. I don't know mm-hmm. how daughters are. Thank God I don't have a daughter. My God. <laughs> they're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you then. Which ones are the hardest to raise? Daughters or boys? Oh, my goodness. I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> they are completely different. Oh, my goodness. Mm. It was it was funny. So I had two girls first, and I thought I was done. You know, I was happy being a girl mom. And like I said, I grew up with girls. That's what I was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got this. I'm a girl mom through and through. Mm-hmm. And then our, you know, little caboose joined the family and we didn't find out the gender Mm. during our pregnancy. So we found out when he was born, you know, and Mm. I I had a feeling there was going to be a boy trying to prepare myself mentally for just this new adventure. Uh, But it was such a huge surprise. And then. You know, like when when he was a newborn, there's not much different. But mm-hmm. then he turned one, one and a half, show, started showing more personalities. And mm-hmm. he's into anything wheels, wheels right now. So tracks and cars and everything. Mm-hmm. And the other day, he just grabbed two car toys and started banging them <laughs> each other. And I was like, why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't teach you violence. <laughs> No, but I mean, and you know, like growing up, my daughters will always just hold the baby doll mm. and carry it around and just love them. And the other day, my son was just sitting on the baby doll, banging the head with the toy. And I was like, 
this is new. <laughs> this is a little different. It's a boy. That's what they do. <laughs> I guess they're quite different, but they're, they're both so fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I remember the joke from uh, this comedian. And he says that boys will destroy your house. <laughs> Girls will destroy you inside. No. Emotionally. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I'm sure your dad is happy that you have a boy. Um, I believe so. You finally got it. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought of moving back to Japan with your family? Because I know some family um, does that. Right. I mean, there's always a possibility, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I have thought about it, but uh, that's not in our plan right now. And I can't really picture ourselves moving back to Japan or moving to Japan, I guess, mm -hmm. as a family. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself from being a mother? Oh, that's a deep question. <laughs> that um, I can be, oh, <laughs> I need to compose myself. <laughs> I, can be, I can be kind and loving, I mm. guess. I was always just really, like I said, goal-oriented, and I was very much a, career oriented person I had goals that I wanted to accomplish in my life and those were big goals mm -hmm. for myself and becoming a mom kind of you know um, not that I had to choose to become a stay-at-home mom because I always had a choice to be you know a working mom outside of the home as well yeah. um, but right now that's where I am and at the beginning it was a little bit difficult to shift my mind and think this is the most important thing to me in my life mm -hmm. right now and raising the children. And of course, littles need, you know, <laughs> had a lot that need to be taken care of. And um, I wasn't sure I would be able to be um, <laughs> a loving mom, I guess. Um, and you know growing up my family had a lot of issues as well so that's kind of another reason why I didn't really see myself becoming a mom um but uh, it was to this day obviously it's the, the biggest blessings I have in my life you know my children and my family and um learning that I, I can be a loving mom. I can be kind and sweet to my little children. And that was um, something I learned. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. You good? Yes. <laughs> yes. Take your time. Thank you. <sighs> But it's it's amazing how, you know, becoming a parent kind of opens up the door that you didn't even know you had. Mm. <laughs> it's it's such a challenging journey too, but very, very rewarding for sure. 
I completely agree. It's like <laughs> it's like you're trying to be a good example to these little things, these mm -hmm. beautiful little things. And then, of course, you cannot tell them, by the way, this is right and wrong, and you're doing mm -hmm. the same thing. Right, right. So now you have to adjust yourself and be a better <laughs> other added pressure, you right. know? <laughs> yeah, you can't fake it. The kids can see through it. <laughs> you know, like it always bothered me. Like growing up, I had like friends that their parents smoke cigarettes. And then mm. the parents tell the kids like, hey, don't smoke cigarettes. Like, what? It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. However, I always say it's easy to be a mom and dad. It's easy. You just, you know, do the thing and then baby will come out. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But it's extremely difficult to be a father and a mother. And the hardest part is caring. Mm -hmm. Once you care, that's when it becomes hard. If you don't care, it's so easy. Oh, you yeah. want to you wanna eat, I don't know, pancake at night? Go ahead. Yeah. But if you do care, you, then you'll say, hey, no pancakes. You have yeah. to eat vegetables or whatever you need to eat yeah. properly, you know? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Do you discipline your kids and what kind of discipline techniques do you use to them? Wow. Well, I, I try to when they need they, they need to be disciplined you know not just oh just be a little bit quieter or oh just don't, <laughs> don't run around or <laughs> not like that but they are when they actually need to be disciplined where there need to be lessons um i try my best to use a firm parent voice but have a gentle approach mm. if that makes sense yeah. to not yelling not you know telling them what they need to do i try my best to listen first and make sure we have the eye contact and on the same eye level mm -hmm. and use a firm parent's voice mm -hmm. but still there's a softness and love in the voice as well that's mm -hmm. what i well, try to do <laughs> when they yeah. need to be not me i'm like hey get your stuff together <laughs> <laughs> there are times i need to do that too <laughs> and then the wife comes in and she makes it mellow and makes it soft oh <laughs> you know what I mean? i'm the dad i'm like i yeah. challenge him <laughs> that's my job yeah and the mom makes sure like they are felt like they're loved mm -hmm. right yeah what makes your mood lighter when everything seems not going well Oh, <laughs> what makes my mood lighter? I like to just put everything aside, my phone away, any any distraction, block everything, and just have like 10, 15 minutes of playtime with my kids. That, mm. like, if I'm having a hard time as a mom, or I guess having a hard time in general, um, they are always just so pure and just so joyful mm. and just be in that environment and no distraction no phone nothing at all it's just me and the kids and being able to be present in their lives tends to help but if I really really need to just to relax and uh you know distressed and 
I like listen to quiet music or you know do something that I enjoy for myself I guess you know like eat a little bit of chocolate or <laughs> a, <laughs> little bit, a little bit a little bit Sure. <laughs> we don't have to go there. We don't have to go there. <laughs> There's like a whole box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it can be. <laughs> so that's your me time. I try to. I mean, man, having having three kids. I mean, my oldest is in elementary school, so you know it's it's a little bit different now. Mm. But at the same time, my youngest is still one. So mm. you know, having that little people just needing something from you all the time. It can be hard, you know. I mean, they are the cutest little <laughs> little human on planet, but still, man, parenthood can be really um, exhausting <laughs> at the end of the day. I guess I think I think any parent can just use a little bit of me time to, you know, remember that you still are just your person. You you are a person, you know. Yes, you're a parent, but you have your identity. You are just you and you have sometimes you need a reminder and you do need to take care of yourself to be able to give yourself to the children Mm -hmm. that's beautiful because i've seen parents that they revolve their lives around their kids they don't find me times and i recently heard the psychologist i forgot his name i'm not good with names (laughs) that is saying that those people that makes kids they make those kids the the revolves around their lives Mm -hmm. Uh, those people they never felt real love when they were growing up so the only way they could do it is to create make babies and make that baby love them well which they will anyway Mm. and that's the only way they will feel love that's why they they are so focused on the kids that they they Mm. forget about themselves interesting yeah. that's hard yeah, <laughs> but it's is. true i've seen i've seen I, i've seen people like that I, i'm not ju- passing judgment but you know these people like every time you talk to them they just talk about their kids like bro don't you like i don't know playing basketball or i don't know <laughs> eating chocolate once you know i don't know like something for yourself yeah, I've learned that, you know, being a mom for the past numbers of years, I've learned that, um, you know, of course, being a parent, being a mom, dad, and the kids, um, it's a huge part of your life. But having your own identity and knowing who you are, um, it's very important, especially when you are trying to make friends or, you know, like you still need to be able to socialize mm-hmm. um, even after you become a parent. And it, it might be a little bit easier if you um, have a lot of, you know, opportunities to leave the house and meet other people. But when you have little, little kids, like especially when babies are newborns and, you know, there's, you're sleep deprived and you can't even bring yourself to just, but make up and get yourself together and go outside because you would rather be sleeping, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there are times that um, I, I have seen some um, parents have had a really hard time um, 
making friends. And I think it's it's more common than we realize maybe um, because our sole focus becomes our children. You know, it's on them. And of course, it's important to take care of the children. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to remember us and ourselves and knowing who we are um, is also important. Not It's I mean, it's easier said than done, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe in taking a little bit of time to take care of yourself. And and I think it's important to take care of yourself. But like I said, taking care of yourself is important because you will be able to have more energy or be able to be more present for your children as well. So you taking care of yourself is not only important for you, but also for your family as well, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I know that when I lack the, <laughs> and I don't take care of myself enough, then I I, I know that it affects my children. Because so, mm. yeah. you're not happy. If you're not yeah. happy, you cannot show love. You cannot share love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you really just can't pour from an empty cup, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Ultimately, what is your hope for your children? Oh, hope for my children um, know their value, know their worth, and um, know they are loved and find what they love or they're passionate about and be able to pursue when they grow up mm. and, you know, build their own life. That's beautiful. You don't want them to be doctors? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny my parents never said you know like you have to be a doctor you have to be all that i mean i guess i don't know i guess it's a little bit different than having immigrant parents or just you know growing Mm. up in japan but um i i i didn't i don't feel like my parents had this you know huge expectation for me again i mean i'm the youngest so i kind of grew up like me (laughs) whatever in that environment but um yeah, my but my parents, especially my mom, did say that her job is to raise an independent children who can be um, a good contributor for the society. Mm. So that's what something I was always thought. You know, like you, you know, you you go to school, you learn, and um, find something that makes you happy, and just you gotta go for it. Yeah. Just be a decent human being. Decent human being. I mean, it's not what we are all trying to do. <laughs> trying to raise decent human beings. Yeah, you know, I, I, I tell them all the time, like, yo, I don't need, you don't have to be a doctor or an engineer or whatever you want to <laughs> yeah. be. Just, but please be kind. <laughs> be a good person, bro. Yeah, be a good person. Please be kind and just, you know, help other people when you see somebody who is, in need <laughs> for sure yeah you know your kids and my kids they're mixed kids right mm-hmm. and most likely they will go through identity crisis not just the normal way but in a sense of like oh am i japanese or am, am i american right yeah what will you do to help them i you know i they i'm sure they're gonna go through some challenges that I may not have gone through or, you know, different kind of challenges when it comes to their identity and mixed cultures. But 
also I did go through <laughs> that similar crisis when I came here mm-hmm. and I had to figure out who I was and how to be really um, how to learn to find myself but also be comfortable with myself and my identity in a mixed cultures and I hope that you know I will be able to help my children um feel comfortable with who they are and always be there for them and let them know that they don't have to feel like they're Japanese enough or not enough or American or, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. Really, um, I would rather help them figure out who they are, who they want to become, and if the cultures are a part of them. And obviously, you know, I would love to help them embrace that part. But and hopefully I'll be able to be then help them focus on their personality while trying to embrace that mixed culture mm. in our family. Nice. Well said. I think we're getting there, but before we close out, I want to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for mommies that are going through the challenges that you have gone through or even new mommies? Mm. I think I, you know, um, I speak for a lot of parents or moms, but you, you are, you are doing enough, and you are enough. We always just question what we are doing, how we are raising our children, but really, if you are concerned about, you know, whether your children are getting enough nutrition from the three meals that you you made today, or mm-hmm. you know, like have enough clothes in a closet or anything like that if you're concerned about your children's well-being then you know that you love them and as long as you know that you know you have love for your children and putting um their needs um and in you know trying to just like we said raise decent human beings that you're obviously doing enough no matter how they feel like that's something i think a lot of times parents do go through them like even you know for myself i a lot of times i feel like i'm not doing enough or being enough i'm not being patient enough i'm not being kind enough or oh my goodness i lost my temper today and i yelled at my kids and and it was it wasn't even noon <laughs> like things <laughs> like that happens you know um but just knowing that you are doing your best and just you being there and loving your children is enough mm-hmm. yeah Wise word from a wise woman. Again, yeah. Momo, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. It's been enjoyable. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was so fun to <laughs> chat with you. Oh, awesome. Have a good day. Mm, you too. Bye. Bye. Again, Momo, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Endoliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.